Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101, the show that will not only help you survive your first year, but thrive in your first year. Tonight's show is all about maintenance. If you guys were listening last week, uh, we talked about maintenance. You can do yourself mostly. Um, tonight, we're going to do it again because there's so much more to cover. Uh, we'll go ahead and bring on my co-host, Russ Morgan. Russ, are you there? Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. All right, Russ, how's it going? How's it going? Oh, it's good. I'm uh, uh, over here in Signal Hill again, so... Uh... If uh, uh, y'all yeah, losing, I'll get I back on as soon as I can. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's crazy. It, it is. Uh, so, um, uh, do you want to tell our story, or do you want me to tell it? No. It's up to you. Oh well, let, I'll, let's say the story. I want to bring on our special guest first. I may. I'll do. Um, oh, okay. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna wait a couple of minutes because uh, sometimes it takes people a couple of minutes to get on the show, and I want everybody to be able to hear. Uh, the announcement that I'm going to make. So I'm going to tell everybody listening right now that I'm going to make an announcement at the end of the show. It's going to be really cool. And then I'll say it again later to make sure that everybody hears it. But tonight we have a special guest, Chad Hone from Alignment Solutions. Uh, He's uh, agreed to come on, very graciously agreed to come on and talk to us about uh, mostly preventative maintenance um, and having relationships with shops. So, uh, hey, Chad, how's it going? Great, Melissa. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. So, so what do you got for us tonight? Well, it's you know kind of whatever road you want to go down. What where do you want to start? Uh, we well, can, how about we, we talk start about with your uh, Facebook? Let's start with your Facebook post. I think that's a good place to start. Well, today I made a post about preventative maintenance and taking control of it yourself you know, and something that was preventable or, you know, part of the problem is, is that too many, too many of us are unaware of what's really going on with our trucks and trusting the quick lube shops. And even the shop you deal with all the time, the, the more, you know, about your own truck, the better off you are. And, uh, the post was about a part that had been routinely getting greased but it was worn out it wasn't taking grease it hadn't been taking grease for a long time so it goes back to what i was taught at the very first job i had working on trucks and it was a a fleet that the man owned the fleet it was very small and it basically boiled down to look around if something looks out of place something looks missing something doesn't look right something's probably not right you know ask questions uh, figure it out, dig into it, but don't just ignore it. And that's that's a lot about what that post was about. And you know, some people chimed in something about human error, and that that's always a possibility. But you can take control of some of that stuff yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely, you can. Um, I, you know, uh, uh, what well, Chad? You know, you've worked on it. We've got a new truck, and. Uh, we uh, the DD15. I I know almost nothing about it. And uh, the other day, uh, Melissa and I uh, we met up for lunch, and uh, she pulled in. We parked next to each other over there. Went out, walked the dogs, had lunch. Um, she's getting ready to go. And anyway, we're walking around her truck, and uh, there's fluid pouring out of it absolutely pouring out of it and uh it was red it was a little bit oily uh and where it was coming out of it looked like it was coming out of the front seal of the transmission mm-hmm. um turns out turns out later anyway i went i checked i you know i crawled under there i checked the transmission fluid i was looking i you know i was smelling the fluid and what have you i told her i said i said drive it to the shop well, i sent her to a shop that i have an excellent relationship with and told her, I said, ask for this mechanic. He's in charge. Ask mm-hmm. this guy. 
And I said, if they can get you in and get it fixed, they will, or he will. You know, tell him, uh, you know, she had never met him. I said, tell him it's my truck. And, uh, you know, and we'll go from there. And um, anyway, got over. It turned out it was a, it was a coolant leak. Uh, now, the DD-15, I had no idea that there was a coolant hose there. And where it was dripping, I mean, I'd have bet you, if it had been on this, uh, on my truck, it would, it, there would have been no doubt in my mind it was a training leak. But it uh, turned out to be a coolant leak. So, you know, um, you brought up a really good point of, of learning that equipment. Because, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll tell you straight up, I know nothing about the DD-15, nothing. It's a completely different yeah. motor than what I'm used to. Right, and you know, that's actually not isolated to just the DD15. It's actually the transmission model itself, and where the uh, and I know I'm an alignment guy, but this is just something that you become aware of the more you're around trucks. And I, I haven't always done just alignment. I, you know, how I got into alignment was working on trucks from bumper to bumper, learning everything about the truck so that I could actually do alignments the right way. The more you know, the the better off you are. But uh, back to the the transmission, there's there's uh, models of transmissions that actually have an internal uh, cooler, and they have to use antifreeze from the engine to circulate through that cooler to cool the transmission fluid. And then there's some trucks that have an, an external cooler um, where the it's just cooled by air, and the transmission fluid runs through that cooler, and the air goes over it. It's just uh, different models of transmissions, different trucks. Um, so, but that's that's all getting familiar with your own equipment rather than just hopping in it and driving it. And, you know, Russ, you've been into the shop in Kansas City several times, and it's it's the environment that you're in at that particular shop that you're allowed to walk around and see what's going on and ask questions. And that is valuable to the truck owner and the truck driver is, you know, questions, be a little nosy. You don't, you don't, have to be pushy you know feel like you're you don't want to feel like you're annoying somebody and if you're in a shop that you know they act like that you're beneath them because they're the mechanic then you're probably in the wrong shop um but uh getting familiar with your equipment is is huge that's that and the the best way to do that is crawl around them look around ask questions when you're in the shop uh talk to other people that do their own maintenance um, you're going to get bad information. It's out there all over the place. You know, we, we see that all the time with uh, tire inflation. There is so much bad information out there on how to do your tire maintenance and how to run your tire inflation program that it, it costs a lot of people a lot of money because it's just bad information. So be aware of that as well. The, uh, don't be the victim of bad information. Do some of your own homework as well. And if something sounds like it just doesn't add up, keep on digging. Yeah, that happened to me the other day. Um, I roll in, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Love's Tire Pass. You know, uh, it's mm-hmm. quick, it's easy, it's five bucks. You know, and, uh, and of course, I've got the TST system on my truck, and, you know, I can look, okay, hey, it's it's cold, it's a cold morning, my tires are down a few pounds. Let me, let me blow them up before I get out of here. Uh, anyway, I went in there, and I told uh, the guy, I said, uh, you know, 120 on the steers, 130 on the wide singles, and he looked. He basically called me stupid. They did it mm-hmm. a little nicer than that, and uh, but I, I mean, he basically called me stupid. And of course, I, I politely argued with him uh, until I realized I was arguing with a wall. And I finally said, "Look, put 120 in the steers." He said, "We can't, we can't. Our pressures won't go that high." I said, "Well, you'll be the first loves that hasn't been able to go that high." I said, put 120 uh-huh. in my steers, put 130 in my drives. And uh, anyway, like I said, he got snippy with me. He, he didn't charge me for the whole thing. I think he was afraid I was going to the manager because he was just on the verge of break dancing on my last nerve. So, <laughs> but, yeah, you, you know, exactly. And I don't get mad. But, you know, I mean, he's trying to tell me not to go over 100 pounds on my steer tires. And, I, you know, I said, uh, you know, you need to do a little research here, brother. When's the last time you've done any tire research? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, having the you know the information from you and from uh, Mike Beckett, and you know, and what we've learned. Well, you know, what, just walking into T and E up there where y'all work, um, 
you know, every time I'm in there, I learn a little something new, you know, because it seems like every time I come up in there, you know, something's broke on my, well, every time I come in there, yeah, something usually is broke on my truck, you know. And, you know, while we're in there looking at it, you know, I, I learn, you know, a little something more about it. You know, I've been around these things forever, and by all means, you know, no mechanic by any means. But usually I can look at something and go, okay, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> we need to get it fixed. Correct. Last week you were talking about a device that you used when, uh, you know, for going over the truck, and it was a tool that you got at the CMC conference. And what, what that tool is is it's called the pre-trip tool. And yeah. there's so much you can do with that pre-trip tool. You can check the windshield. You can check, you know, the sizes of the cracks in the windshield. You can check your uh, tread depth. You can check brake stroke. You can check uh, brake shoe thickness. By just applying the use of that little tool, what that requires you to do, though, is to spend some time crawling around your truck and looking things over. And looking for, you know, while you're doing those things, maybe you'll notice a, a, a hose that's rubbed or chafed or an, an airline that, you know, looking suspect, or maybe you'll discover that you got a power steering leak. Um, maybe you'll discover while you're under there that you actually have a brake chamber that's starting to erode, and maybe you should give it some attention. But that, that little tool fits on your keychain or sits in your pocket, but it's it's powerful. You know, it, it'll get you active in walking around your own equipment and looking things over and, and you know that just doesn't quite look right maybe i should ask some questions and, and learn something you know don't just take it into the shop and drop it off and say well i i noticed something over here on the left rear corner on that thingamajig that's not good information get involved and when oh, you yeah. when, you know when you know, you're in the when you're in the shop you're involved oh yeah yeah, you know, I cruise around. I, uh, you know, I know most of the mechanics. Some, uh, some of them my name, not all of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I get in there and uh, you know, and I nose around. And then when you're working on my truck, I'm always over in your business. Me and the dog both. You know, looking at right. what he's doing. It's, you know, looking at seeing what you're doing. Yeah. My day has an open door policy. You know, where where my work spots at, I rent a bay from T and E. And uh, I have customers all the time that come in and, you know, pull their truck in and hop out and say, where's the driver's lounge? And that's against my rules, actually. Your your first stop is not the driver's lounge when you come to see me. Um, when you come to see me, I want to do a mechanical inspection of your truck and explain things as I'm going over it in, in the hopes of that you're going to get a little bit of information or education and learn more about your truck than you knew when you walked in the door. And I attribute that to the way Mike Beckett taught me how to approach handling drivers, customers, truck owners, how you, how you approach going through the repair of the truck. And, um, you know, we're going to go over all of your front end components. Check, we're gonna, I'm going to check the kingpins, the tie rod ends, look at the spring hangers, obviously, and the bushings, and uh, show you how to do a test yourself on your on wheel bearings, whether you have a bad wheel bearing. A couple of things you can look for that aren't alignment-related by rocking your steering shaft and looking for play and some splines on the gearbox. And uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about how your truck drives, and I'll show you how to uh, feel tire wear patterns and it'll give you an idea. You know, you, you can feel things with your hands that will give you an indication of what's going on before you can even see it with your own two eyes. Um, so once that's all said and done and we do a complete mechanical inspection of your truck, I usually have your attention and you don't want to run off to the driver's lounge. Now you're interested and you've become more involved. That's just the way I do things in my shop. And so at that point, if your truck doesn't need any repairs, then we're going to start going through the alignment process and I'll teach you what each, you know, briefly explain to you what each measurement means and how it's affecting your tire wear. And you get to watch it unfold, you know, take the first set of measurements, and they all agree with the tire wear and how you told me that the truck handles. And then we'll start the alignment process and start making adjustments. And, you know, I'll show you what those measurements mean. And and then we talk about tire inflation and what it does to tire wear, what it does to tire temperature, and why it's important to, to either be very active with your air pressure gauge on a regular basis because I get the starry eyed look a lot of, well, I really don't know how often I check it or 
how important it is to use a tire pressure monitoring system. The, the, the purchase of a tire pressure monitoring system is basically, in my eyes, paid for the day you bought it because it prevents a road call or a blowout on the road. Depends when you come to see me. Yeah, the, uh, the this TST system, um, uh, I was getting ready to come to uh, over there to T&E to have uh, some tire work done. And uh, I got up one morning and, uh, um, you know, I walked around, I looked at the tires. Uh, I don't thump them there as much as I used to on the uh, on the tractor uh, because I got the TST system. When I crank the truck up and I'm doing my second walk around, that thing's starting to, you know, let me know what the pressures are. Man, I come back in the truck mm-hmm. and that thing's screaming. And uh, so mm-hmm. I look and I, I got one, I got one tire at 80 pounds. I got a, I got a wide single at, at 80 pounds. And I wasn't at 80 pounds when I went to bed. And, uh, but, uh, anyway, I put, uh, filled up with air right there off my tractor. And then I got some place where I could get some more air on in it. And, uh, I came over to the shop. They found a screw in it. Uh, but one thing I'm going to, I don't, I'm not really going to throw you under the bus, but I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to tell a story. I don't know if you remember this. It was the first time that you'd ever met Becky. And I don't know if you remember what she called you. Uh, it was funny, but, uh, you went over her truck. And uh, looking at it, doing your inspection, we're at the CMC. And uh, you looked at her and said, well, well, your truck's pulling this way and doing this and doing this. And she said, all right, Karnak, you know, what else is wrong with it? You know, I was rolling now, and there's maybe not enough people old enough to know that joke, you know, Karnak from Johnny Carson. But, I, I, you know, it's just amazing with what you do and what you, you know, what, y'all, what you've taught me. Just been able to run your hand over the tires and go, all right, yeah, this truck's pulling to the right. This truck's pulling to the left. I mean, it's it, yeah, it's amazing. And those are things that <laughs> things that I like to teach you guys because it empowers you to have more control over what's going on with your truck. And I get accused of being picky or whatnot. I'm helping you. I'm, my goal is to help you make more money and to take care of your tire life. And if I can teach you one thing that, that helps you keep an eye on your tires, it's definitely, you know, feeling the tires. If something doesn't feel right, then why? Or you've got somebody to call and say, all right, what's going on with my truck? This is what I'm feeling. Um, and you can get ahead of it and actually get the tire wear stopped. If you can get to it before you see it with your eyes, you can usually bail the tire out. But, yeah, I remember the first time I picked one of your trucks apart at the CMC, and I kind of got that look like, thanks a lot, buddy. Well, that's that's what that's what we're supposed to be here for, is to let you know and show you what's going on with your truck instead of, well, park your truck, there's the lounge. I know what I'm doing. You have no idea what I'm talking about, so just go away. That mentality in shops needs to go away. It's horrid. I, it's one of the things that drove me into business for myself was working at dealerships and other shops, learning what not to do and how not to treat people. I I couldn't disagree with it more. Oh yeah, we uh, you know we had a shop, uh, and and I'm not going to throw them under the bus here, although I would like to. And it's not the shop. Okay, they uh, they hired a new shop manager, and the guy uh, they had the head mechanic doing it before. He was playing both roles, and uh, the last time we ended up having to take both our trucks there for a major issue. Uh, Neither me or Becky. I didn't like this guy immediately, and let me tell you, for me not to like you immediately, there's something wrong there. You know, I like everybody. I get along with everybody. Not a hard person to get along with, but um, anyway, long story short, um, uh, we got the stuff done to both the trucks, and uh, the mine came out, man. Uh, I got ready to hit the road. Uh, we got Becky's out. Uh, this thing won't build air pressure. The shop manager drove it. And, I mean, it would build enough air pressure to release the brakes and stuff like that. But, it, I mean, it wouldn't get above – it wouldn't get up above 100. Matter, and it took – I'm talking 20 minutes to get to 100. Ouch. And, anyway, I, I, you know, the pressure was bad. Um, but, you know, why not – why didn't he tell us, hey, there's a pro- – you know, you're not building air pressure. Your compressor's bad. Why hand us back the truck? Go, oh, yeah, we fixed it. Well, hell no, you mm-hmm. didn't fix it. 
you know, you handed us a truck back with a bad compressor on it. And yeah, I realize it, you know, uh, it's been on the truck its whole life. And, but hey, I, you know, you got it in the shop. Pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, this thing's not building pressure like it should be. We had trusted the shop. Of course, like I said, I got to where I didn't mm-hmm. like this guy before that, but we had trusted the shop. I trusted the head mechanic there real well. Mm-hmm. Uh, fix it. Uh, we had the same problem. We, uh, we had a, a truck in the shop, and uh, we thought we were going to actually like this shop. Went in there, uh, had to have a rear end rebuilt. And uh, anyway, get it out of the shop, get it down to Houston, hook onto a trailer, try to get back into the truck to start it. Won't start. Jack with it, jack with it. Uh, anyway, had one of the mechanics come out of the shop out there. Uh, and look at it, and he said, well, look, somebody's been beating on this starter. I mean, there were fresh hammer marks on the starter. They knew the starter was bad at the shop. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I, I, I just don't get it. How hard is it to pick up the phone, call the customer, say, hey, you know, uh, your starter's having an issue. I, you know, they had a decent shop rate. I mean, we'd have told them, slam a starter on it. Uh, but yeah, you know, customer service. It, well, it's just like with what we do for a living. Now, there's, there's no difference in what we do for a living and what you do for a living when it comes to customer service. None. You know, you go in there and right. you do the best job you can. Yeah, you do the best job you can for the customer. You, you make your customer happy. Right. You know, and, and those, uh, you, you try know, to as, take as a, as, a, as a driver or truck owner, those are the things that you need to take inventory of. Is what was your shop experience like when you were there how do you how do you feel like the customer service the communication was and you know obviously the quality of work and if it happens once there's always there's always the human element if things like that continue to happen and that's a shop that i would recommend that somebody avoid um you know and i have people that that call me that can't make it through kansas city to do and they need done what what i do and there's a couple of different shops throughout the country that I have relationships with that I know that they're going to treat you the way that I expect you to be treated. And I'll steer, I'll steer you towards one of those shops um, because I've, I've spent time with these guys either on the phone or at, at a truck show visiting with them and talking about how they do things, how they handle things. I've spoke with Mike Beckett about how – you know how well they're doing with their customers and what kind of alignment results they have are they getting complaints into the office things like that they're not and you know i'd hear about different complaints from different shops around the country that do what i do and then i hear about the good ones and if you keep hearing the same thing good over and over again it's worth checking out if you keep hearing the same thing bad over and over again or enough times usually if there's smoke there's fire. That rule does apply. Um, so, you know, and then like you just mentioned, there can be a change of people working in the place and you have a bad experience and you don't like the way it's going. It's your truck. If you're not broke down, leave, you know, if it's not something that's yep. pertinent that has to be done right now and you don't like the way things are going at the onset, you're not tied to that one shop. Maybe the guy across the street's better. He's going to treat you a little bit better. And it's not, it shouldn't always be based on a shop rate. It should be based on your experiences in the shop and whether or not you're going to go get the work done and pay for it once rather than pay for it multiple times down the road. Um, I know it's easier said than done in a lot of cases, but it's worth, you know, taking notes, how, how your shop experiences were and, whether or not you really feel like you should be taking your truck in there or not. Hey, Ted, uh, we, yeah. have, uh, we have some callers on the line for you, some uh, some questions for you. You feel like uh, uh, answers to questions? I will do my best. All right. Uh, somebody announce who's coming on because I don't have a screen in front of me. Uh, well? It's Glenn in New Mexico. Glenn. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Go Hello. Ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I had um, 
two different questions for you. I'll give you both of them, and you can answer them however you want to. Uh, one involving my truck. I've been hauling produce, and uh, I'm pretty much been maxed out 80,000 pounds all the time uh, with the produce loads. And now I've got an account where I'm going to start hauling flowers, and I'm usually only got about 20,000 in the box when I'm hauling flowers. And my question on that is, is that I'm running 120 in all my tires right now. I'm running duels on the back. And I run 120 on my steers and I'm on my duels in the back. Is it worth trying to adjust your air pressure for a lighter load? That's question number one. And then let me give you my other question real quick. I just purchased a new RV, and it has uh, 19 and a half inch tires on it. And the max pressure on those tires is either 80 or 90. I can't remember for sure. But uh, they haven't set at 50, which they claim is what it should be set for for the load rating on that, and I was curious what your thoughts are about that. Well, let's focus first on your on your truck, where my area of knowledge is at, is on your semi-truck. Okay. Um, you might be a little firm on your drives, uh, even with the loads that you were carrying. It, it's fine. That's, the wheel can handle it. Um, on your drives, you have eight tires, or say we'll, we'll say we have four, four tires on one axle, and each axle is allowed to carry 17,000 pounds. And if you divide that by four, each tire is only carrying a little over 4,000 pounds. So each tire is carrying less weight than the steer axle itself. So you're, you're more than good on your drive tires. Uh, if you wanted to go down to 110 or 115, that would be fine. The 120 is not going to hurt anything. Um, but it might be a little overkill on your steer axle. Um, it, this, your pressure on your steer axle tires is going to depend on how much weight you carry up there and whether or not you have a 14 ply or a 16 ply steer tire. Do you know what ply steer tire you have, Glenn? Um, no, I know they're rated at, um, 12,600 pounds. And um, that I usually run at least, to be honest with you, a lot of times I'm over that on the steers. Okay. Are they, are they low twos or low fours? Are they, are they an 11R? They're, you know, yeah, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're uh, low 22 fives. They're the Michelin XZA 2 plus. Okay. So the 14 plies will say LRG on the side and they'll say that they, they have that they can carry 6,175 pounds per tire at 110 psi, and that's the minimum for that tire to carry that load rating, not the maximum. On a 16 ply, it'll say LRH, and then it I believe the number is uh, just north of 7,000 pounds per tire, but it'll also say that uh, it needs a minimum. It needs at least 120 psi to do that. Do you know what psi is stamped on the sidewall of your tire on your steer? Uh-huh. 110. 110. Okay, those are 14 plus. Yeah. One tw- okay. 120 is the correct is the correct number. You are 10 psi over the minimum. The reason why is you have only two tires carrying more weight per tire. If you let air out of those tires, you're actually allowing the tire to flex more, the ribs to flex more, and the tire will actually build more heat, and it. It won't last as long. You'll get casing damage. So the firmer the steer tire, the better, because it can flex less, build more heat, or build less heat. It'll run cooler, and it will last you a lot longer, provided you're not running in excess of 75 miles an hour. Once we cross cross 75 miles an hour, tire wears out the window. You're blowing the shoulders off of them. Okay. So so, uh, should I adjust it any? switching over to hauling these light loads or does it make any difference in your opinion on the on the steers uh on the steers do not adjust down at all you're you're exactly where i would tell anybody to be at on the steers on the drives i feel like you're a little firm on it with because you have duels um i i wouldn't hesitate to take those down to at least 115 and maybe even as low as 110 like i said okay each one of those each one of those tires if you're at gross weight is only carrying a little over four thousand pounds per tire. Right. Um, so, so, does so that should I just leave it? the same for so? So should I leave them the same for heavy or light loads, or to be worth, you know, the hassle of trying to adjust them? 
either you can leave them the same. You're you're not going to hurt anything leaving them there. Okay. Just, especially if you're run if you're running down south in the extreme, you know, the southwest in the extreme heat, I would recommend that you leave them pumped up because you are less likely to have a blowout with more air cold air pressure than you are with low. The the old wives' tale of I'm going to run out in the desert or down in the southwest. I'm going to have to let some air out of my tires because they're going to get too hot and pressure's going to get too high and they're going to blow up. That is backwards thinking because when the tire starts out firmer at a colder pressure, it will build less heat and it is less likely to blow. Okay, yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I ran through Arizona on the way out here the other day. It was 113. And it's not getting any cooler down there, I've seen. No. So I would say right where you're at. 14 in Vegas next week. <laughs> right, right. On your on your RV with 19.5s, if the tire actually says that it has a max PSI on it, then that actually is the max PSI for that tire. Um, I'm not as familiar with the 19.5s as I am the low twos and the low fours. Um, if you look on the if you look on the door threshold of the RV, it usually has a PSI recommendation. Uh, for the weight that that vehicle is rated to carry, if so, if you're if you're upwards of if you go scale that thing and it has at that weight or in excess of it, then I would I would recommend inflating the tires, you know, five to ten psi over what they're calling for. But what's important is is whether or not it actually says the word max by the psi like it does on an automobile tire, on a, like, on a passenger tire. On a commercial truck tire, it does not say maximum PSI anywhere on the tire. So that's kind of the contributing factor. If you want to look those tires over and see if you can find that and, and uh, look me up on my, my phone number up on my Facebook page and call me, we can talk about it then and, and make sure we get it right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, think about it. I'm not sure if it says minimum or maximum, but... I did scale it. I drove it from Florida to California, and I scaled it right after I left uh, Florida because I was concerned about those tire pressures. And I got on Goodyear's website, and uh, that's what they recommend for the weight that I have on it was was 50 psi is what they had in it. But like I said, the max was either 80 or 90. I was just kind of a little concerned about that. Right. So that's what I mean. That's the contributing factor is whether the tires actually have a max psi rating. Because commercial truck tires do not have a max PSI rating. Okay, so your recommendation of Goodyear saying they're recommending 50 for the weight that's on the tires, you'd run it like 60 or 65? Absolutely. I would run okay, it a little yeah, bit firmer what than what they're, what they're, a little firmer than what they're recommending because you're still, if it in fact does say max PSI on the sidewall, then you're no, at 50, you're nowhere close to that you know, 80 pound max that they want. And what do you see sitting alongside the road all the time? RVs with blown tires. Yeah. Oh yeah. Saw a lot of them. And on that, the way out. Yep. Yep. And that is from not enough inflation in the tires. The tires are getting so hot because we start throwing all of our stuff in the RV. You got the tanks, you know, the, your water tanks loaded up, all your supplies. And, and that thing just got heavier and you put more load on the tire and it's going to get hotter and it's going to blow. And I think the other side of that is is that not enough people with RVs take the time to have the inflation properly checked in their tires. They're just going to hop in their RV and go on vacation. Yeah, I agree with you. And they said all the time, they probably those tires are probably God knows how old they are and it's been sitting around the whole time. That's the other side of it is that those RVs sit around and the tires have a shelf life. They shouldn't, you know, after after seven years, they really need to come off. Yeah. Yeah, you never wear out no matter how, RV no matter tires how pretty much. Yep. Exactly. You're not going to wear them out, but they, they 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 dry out and they they start rotting. They don't have they, they lose their pliability and they really need to go away. Yeah, when you blow one of them RV tires, it's not like blowing a tire on a car or a truck. You're going to usually do some serious damage when you blow one of those. Correct. Correct. So, so I hope that answers all your questions, Glenn. Yep, sure did. I appreciate your help. Yes, sir. My pleasure.
Thanks for the <clears throat> thanks for the call, uh, Melissa. Did you manage to get back on here since we're about midway through? Uh, uh, did you want to make your announcement? And uh, and yeah, if y'all have any more questions for Chad, y'all punch one. Uh-oh. Uh, Melissa must not be on here with us. So uh anyway, maybe we'll uh maybe we'll get her back. So uh anyway, I'll she comes back on we can make the announcement then. Uh anyway, where were we? Um do we have any more well, hopefully we help. Uh, well, okay, I don't guess he's going to pick up either. So, uh, anyway, where were we? <laughs> well, we were helping Glenn, but I yeah, think we yeah, got we were helping care Glenn. Of. Yeah, we do. Uh, oh, I, um, uh, yeah, before that we were on the tool. I don't know, I got lost in that. Um, I'm over right. here. My, uh, yeah, my, no, no, I didn't get lost in it. My signal, uh, where I'm sitting is not the greatest. It's been kind of popping in and out. So, right. um, anyway, um, yeah, okay. Hey, uh, all right, Becky, did you want to come on here? Uh, she popped a message to me. Okay, I'm here. Okay. I was trying to find the elusive Melissa. It shows that she's here, but there's nobody there. Oh, okay. We've lost our we've lost our fearless leader. Yes. Uh, well, do you want to make the announcement then, since you popped on here? I can, I can make the announcement. So, all of you new drivers, we are going to have a contest. Uh, it will probably start next week. Uh, So be watching the Trucking 101 Facebook page. But we're going to have a contest, and one lucky winner will get to go to the CMC. They will have their CMC paid for. Uh, That does not count your lodging, but a lot of people stay in their truck. Uh, But that will be a a week of learning and meeting people that uh, are doing the things that you may want to work towards it's a wonderful experience and it'll be a great opportunity for somebody there's only a couple of stipulations you can't have already registered for the cmc you can't have gone before you must be a new cmc attendee and please before you if you win think about can you take a week off because this is a week-long event so we really we really want you to the person who wins needs to be able to take that week off and that week is I believe the it's in September. I believe it's the seventeenth through the twenty second. But we'll have all that information on the show. But but you will be you will need to be there for a week. But it's gonna be a great time. You'll learn a lot, you'll have a lot of fun. And you'll get to meet Chad. <laughs> Oh yeah, you get to meet Chad, you get to meet Chris, uh, a bunch of the crew from T and E, and the rest yep. of us. You know, the, absolutely. I, what the, and what they what they get with that when they come and you know just in the parking lot before they even go inside to the CMC, they're going to go through their. Uh, they have the opportunity to get a, their a truck their truck inspected, and everybody's welcome to come through my lane. We have lanes set up. And I'm, I offer everybody only at the CMC a free alignment diagnosis, where I'm gonna I'm gonna look at your tires, I'm gonna shake your truck down, check all the mechanical components, and give you an idea of exactly what's going on with your truck. Then there's a second lane that you can go through. Gordon and the boys over at T&E offer uh, free smoke tests to check your charge air cooler systems. Um, you know, and and see if you have anything going on there that can cost you fuel mileage, and you can also schedule some other work with them while you're there down for the week. And I don't know what the criteria is for getting in Dale's lane where he does a level one inspection on your truck, and then there's also another lane for uh, oil sampling through OPS EcoPure. 
So that's that's just in the parking lot before you go inside, the things that are available to you maintenance-wise and helps you get familiar with your truck. Because I know Dale is really good about talking people through the level one inspection and what he's checking, why he's checking it, and what the criteria is. And Chris's guys are great about answering any questions that you want. Oh, yeah. Well, that, you know, you mentioned all that, which, you know, is an absolutely awesome part of the CMC. Uh, I'm going to mention something else. Uh, the networking there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, just, I, the networking, I, you know, I met Chad there. I've met Chris. I met Dale there. Um, uh, the guy I bought this truck from, that I, uh, you know, uh, my old truck. Uh, I met him there. I, you know, being able to pick up the phone and um, call some of these guys that are doing similar to you are, you know, and if you got an issue, you know, they may be able to help you out, point you in the right direction, um, uh, you know, get a couple of heads together and, and problem solve. Um, yes. I, I mean, I've got a, a, I got a laundry list of phone numbers of guys that I could pick up the phone and go. Hey, I need uh, you know I need your thoughts here. I need uh, you know I need a little help here. Let's talk about this for a minute. And that is that right there is worth its weight in gold. It's it's just sitting in the parking lot is worth price of admission. Yes, that, and you hear that a lot. And I I spend all my time in the parking lot. I don't get a chance to go inside a lot, but I have watched for the last several years that I've been doing the CMC the relationships that have been built amongst fellow drivers and truck owners and what i tell people when they come in the shop that they're thinking about going to the cmc is that you get to meet people that they've already bumped their head where you're thinking about going to bump your head and they can tell you and share with you what their experience was and maybe save you some hassle and the the second thing i tell tell them is that there's all levels of people in our profession there anywhere from kindergarten to graduate school and everybody there working together helps you operate your business more efficiently. And I've watched it happen for over, I think I've been doing it for seven years. And uh, it, it's amazing to watch the friendships, relationships, and the businesses that have grown uh, and thrived just from being a part of that. And it happens out in the parking lot. That's, that doesn't even include what you learn inside with uh, with you know, all the different lanes they have of education and the time you get to spend with uh, Kevin Rutherford. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely an amazing week. Uh, you know, at the uh, at the end of it, I'm glad it's over, and I know you and Chris are glad it's over at the end of it. <laughs> Cause, you know, uh, I think we have to all have toothpicks uh, holding our eyes open, and we got IVs, uh, you know, uh, IVs filled uh, with coffee, you know, trying to um, uh, get through the end of that thing. But, I, I, you know, it's such a good time. It's such an absolutely awesome education for uh, the week. And, you know, really, every time we've gone, I mean, it's been really about 10 days because, you know, it, it kind of gets – yeah, you know, it kind of gets going uh, the weekend before. Uh, and then it doesn't re- completely peter out to about the Monday after. You know, Sunday, Monday after. So, um, uh, but anyway, I did. Uh, I did want to jump back on maintenance, uh, unless you got something else to add. The the the, the last thing I would tell somebody that that's going to attend the CMC, and unfortunately, there's always going to be one person that shows up with a closed mind. That's unfortunate. The best piece of advice I can yeah. give you for showing up to the CMC is show up with an open mind. And you're going to get out of it what you put into it yourself. Um, I've watched that take place, and it's amazing what people get out of it that show up with an open mind and a positive attitude, and you you will get your best bang for your buck if that's the way you show up. That's all I got on that. Oh, yeah. Well, our, you know, the first time we went, our minds were blown. Uh, I mean, we showed up with an open mind, and – you know, a couple of days into it, we finally had the realization of, you know, uh, how important it is. Oh, we, oh, it looks like we may have Melissa back. So, but anyway, I want to ask you a question now. I know this is, uh, uh, um, 
well, I don't know what kind of area you want to call it. But anyway, back when I first started doing, uh, um, got into the trucking and what have you, um, you know, we were all taught how to adjust brakes. And I realize they have auto adjusters on them now, and you really should not do them. Uh, you should do, you know, you should do a pump down in the truck, and that should fix the problem. So, anyway, maybe. I, uh, maybe, yeah, that's it. Now, uh, you know, uh, I can crawl under a truck in about, uh, you know, takes me about 15, 20 seconds of brake chamber, and I can, I can adjust them. Mm-hmm. If that. Um, but, uh, I, I, so I guess you have to be ASC certified now to really, uh, to really do that. Isn't that what I've, uh, is that you're, correct? Or in, in order or you're to supposed do to be? DO, in order to do a DOT inspection, what I know about it, and I definitely don't know everything about this, is that in order for a technician in the shop, in order to be, for him to be able to do a DOT inspection, he has to go through an air brake certification class. Um, the other side of it that I have heard is that if you get tagged for an out of cert, a brake out of adjustment at a scale, you are not allowed to adjust it yourself because you are not a qualified technician. Um, whether or not that's true, I'm not sure. Um, however, um, having your having your brakes checked. Is and and the adjustment itself. We'll roll back to the pre-trip tool. It can tell you whether or not there's actually something wrong with your brake adjustments. And if you use the pre-trip tool correctly to check your brake stroke, you know, learn how to use it. And if your brake stroke is wrong, there's something wrong with your brakes, whether it be the slack adjuster or something else internally. Um. So whether or not you guys are allowed to adjust your own brakes, I haven't heard that, but I don't know whether or not that's law. It doesn't really make right. sense yeah, well, to me. Well, that's what I heard, and and I, I guess I'm gonna throw myself under the bus here. But uh, uh, we had one of our drivers come up, and uh, uh, this was the same company, and um, he said, "Man, I cannot stop this thing." And uh, he said, uh, "You know, do you know anything about brakes?" I said, "Well, have you done a pump down on it?" Well, yeah, I have. I, I said, all right, so I, I pulled out that uh, my pre-trip tool, I, which I've been carrying one for, I don't know how many years I've been carrying one. I, I carried one long before I even saw it at, CMC, at the CMC. And mm-hmm. um, I, told him, I told him to go hit his brakes. And I said, I said these, these rear brakes back here are out on the trailer. And mm-hmm. um, I said, look, I said, from what I understand, uh, I said, let's do a pump down, see if we can get him to adjust. They didn't adjust. I said, from what I understand, this is not supposed to be done, so this didn't happen. But I showed him how to uh, to adjust them, uh, you know, because he had 40,000 pounds in the trailer. And I said, look, as soon as you get to a shop, get somebody to look at this thing, because it's not right. These auto adjusters, you know, for the most part, uh, well, I mean, they work. So uh, um, it looks like we may have a uh, – do we have another caller? Yeah, we do. We have another caller. Colin, I think, is on. Uh, Becky, if you could put Colin on. Um... Is Colin on the air? Let me see. I think I got... Uh, yeah, Colin's on the air. Hey, Colin, how you doing? I think Colin's on the air. I don't hear him. Uh... Okay, well maybe maybe he'll be uh he'll be back. Uh I'm not he's showing live but I'm not hearing him. So uh I just actually got a text from Dale Howard about the brake adjustments. Uh you're allowed to do it if you're trained. So that's from Dale Howard there. You have to be trained, otherwise you're not allowed to do it. Like formally trained. You have to go, go through the go air brake certification class. You have to go through an air brake certification class. It takes one night, and a lot of dealerships, parts houses usually put them on, and if you ever catch wind of one, they're, they're going to be putting it on, and if you ask them if you could attend, you'd probably be more than welcome to do so, and you get a certificate at the end after you pass your test that all the answers are right there. They want you to sit through oh, a formal cool. education program. Um, it's You know, if anybody ever gets the chance to do it, it's not a bad thing to do. Um 
it teaches you a lot about the equipment that you're, you know, pulling up and down the road and you can, you know, hopefully save yourself from headaches. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I may have to see if I can get into one of those because, you know, it, you know, for the most part, I mean, mine, uh, you know, my, uh, um, slacker testers work just fine. I've got the brake safe on here now. And I, you know, I mean, I can, you know, I can walk around when I'm doing my pre trip and look, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I realize that, you know, um, uh, you know, company drivers are probably not gonna, uh, not going to have them on the truck. Um, you know, maybe some owner operators do, I'm not sure if any big companies run that or not, but that's such an awesome tool. But I mean, you know, uh, I can run around and when I'm doing my pre trip, I can look, we'll see where that flag is. And it tells me if that brakes in adjustment or not, but, mm-hmm. uh, so, um, so I know I've been out here, but I know I've been in and out here, but we had a chance to uh, bring Stephen on because I know Stephen wanted to come on and share some stuff. Oh no, I don't think we have. Yeah, well let's let's kick Stephen in here. Okay, before we do that though, let's let Chad. We're getting close to the end of the show, so let's let Chad tell everybody about his business and where he's based, so everybody can come and see him if they need to or want to. Go ahead, Chad. Well, I, I think. I think we've covered a lot of that. Um, I okay. I do own a, an MD the the MD Alignment Service Center for Kansas City is is my shop Alignment Solutions, and kind of what we covered on the show is is what you can expect when you come see me is that you know you're going to be greeted in my shop and and welcome to hang around and hopefully you you learn something. We're going to go over the mechanical inspection of your truck and then what's going on with the tire wear and, and your input as a driver is very valuable to the process of me aligning your truck. Um, I need the tire wear. I need the, the driver's input and then the measurements all, you know, all three working together to uh, make sure that I actually diagnose the truck properly. So uh, all drivers are welcome in my shop. Hopefully you learn something and, uh, that's, I mean, in a nutshell, that's what you can expect when you come to Kansas City. If your truck fails my mechanical inspection, then I am right next door to T&E Tire and Service, and those guys do a fantastic job of doing your day-to-day truck repairs and tire, you know, tire replacement, and um, a bunch of stand-up guys over there with great customer service, uh, excellent pricing and one that really excites me is phenomenal turnaround time. We we don't want to be a part of the problem of holding you guys up. We want to get you back on the road safely. Was the most important safety always comes first. You know, we want your truck to be in safe operating condition and without a big dent in your pocketbook and uh, you know get get you back on the road. In an efficient time frame, not the three days, four days that you guys have to deal with all the time. So that's uh, that's basically what we offer in Kansas City. Awesome. Thanks very much, Chad. Really appreciate it. We'll, we'll go ahead and keep you on in case you have some stuff, more stuff you want to add. But I know Stephen has had some uh, maintenance uh, things going on that he wanted to share. Uh, Stephen, are you there? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm here. Um, I want to say real quick that, um, you know, I can't say enough good things about uh, Chad and Chris and their shops. And, um, you know, in the conversation with the gentleman with the RV and the tires and whether they match, you know, the uh, requirements of the RV by the panel inside the door, um, it kind of makes me flash back and remember buying my first four-wheeler trailer. And, um the tires were just simple passenger car tires that was on it. And I loaded it down with a bunch of four-wheelers, and it wasn't really designed to hold that kind of weight. So whenever you're looking at Trucking 101, you might not be running with a mega carrier. It might be a mom and pops, and they'll throw you in a piece of equipment. And it's important to be able to walk around your truck and know what you're looking at. So, um I can't say enough about finding a shop like them that uh, will let you uh, get some very valuable education. Um, so, but as far as maintenance issues this week, it wasn't anything too major. Um, I did a, a repair on a, my my refrigerator in here. Um, used some tools in a unique way. Um, saved a, a lot of money. And uh, the other item was I did see pinholes in the weld on the muffler where the stack attacks attaches to it. 
and thought, well, whenever I'm home, I'll get the good old boys, throw a grinder on it, and we'll just throw some weld on it. And I just kept overlooking it and let it sit on the back burner. And uh, so I had my top of my muffler open up like a tin can. So I'm running around like a super trucker, uh, making all kinds of racket, having fun. So, but uh, maybe maybe we can share the pictures on the Facebook page, and people can look, and uh, yeah, we can always add to or take away from. So. Yeah, absolutely. But I know we're we're getting ready to close up the show. We don't have very long. I was going to be quick and short to the point. So uh, tell everybody, um, hey, it's been a great week. Hope everybody else is safe and um, enjoying this uh, crazy uh, summer weather uh, with the rain and rainbows and sunshine. So, but that's about it. Well, we have a couple more minutes if you wanted to share your other story. I know you actually uh, figured you figured something out on your truck, something that it broke and you figured out how to fix it. So you can share that right before the end of the show. Uh, broke and figured out what, 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 what I, my memory is. I'm, I'm getting old timers. Your your refrigerator in your truck? Oh, well, yeah. Um, as far as my refrigerator, it stopped cooling. I had to throw out some food. And what's amazing is is the amount of money that I threw away in food, is that's what it cost to fix it. So it's almost mm-hmm. like I donated uh, donated a little bit of time and um, did some research, called a couple of folks, and uh, cross-referenced some parts, and uh, it was the fan. So I do have an air hose in here, and um, you know the fan um, blows air across the condenser coils and cools everything down and allows it to freeze. I'm not, you know... Um, an AC person, so uh, or coolant refrigerant person, but I knew enough to where if I blow air across it and I start getting ice in the uh, freezer section, then obviously my fan's not kicking on and off. So um, the only thing I knew to do was is to test the fan. I don't know if this is scientific enough, but I used a 9-volt battery. I know it's a 12-volt uh, system, but I used a 9-volt battery and plugged, <clears throat> touched the um, the leads of the fan to it, and the fan wouldn't kick on. So I was able to pick up uh, a new fan, and before I disassembled everything, I plugged it in, and the fan immediately kicked on, and I knew I was in business. So um, it was awesome. Um, Right now I got some ice cubes cooking, so they should be ready here shortly. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's just part of, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's just part of, you know, digging around on your truck, you know, like Ted and I were talking about earlier, uh, you know, inside and outside, um, you know, uh, you know, I crawl around and uh, matter of fact, I've been chasing a wire in this truck. I got a problem with the APU and I, um, Melissa can testify to this. I was over at the shop last night going, all right, boys, do y'all have this, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, just, uh, I mean, I've known really nothing about APUs other than, yeah, I turn it on, it cools, it heats, it charges my batteries, you know, and, uh, but uh, I do understand electrical, and uh, that's what signal I'm getting is electrical, so I've been crawling around trying to figure it out, and uh, I'm about ready to let T and E see if they can figure it out, because it's about <laughs> to get above my education, so, but, you know, even something as simple as your fridge in your truck. You know, uh, you know, Stephen hadn't crawled around and, and at least attempted to fix it. Uh, you know, most drivers would have said, "All right, it's junk now. We're going to throw it away." And you spend uh, what are they about seven, eight hundred bucks Six, for a truck fridge? Eight, eight hundred bucks for yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, and what did it uh, uh, what did it cost you? Uh, Fifty, sixty bucks and some skint knuckles. Right. Yeah, I, I do. You I know, do my fingers and toes still. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, and, and I, that's been the whole. I guess the whole point of the show tonight is, you know, if you don't, uh, at least get under there and try. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing, at least get under there and look, see if you see what you can figure out, and then um, if you have to, uh, uh, you know, go find a mechanic, grab him by the ear, and say, hey, what is this, and why is it not working? You know, uh, go and go learn something. And you know, uh, there's a couple of shops around the country that I deal with that you know you can go on there and sit and watch, like T and E, and like I said, there's a few other places. So, and I would say I think that's all about all I got. How many? 
it's a, it's amazing how many companies get these drivers and they just churn them in and out. And whenever a driver becomes too educated, then they don't fit their their need, you know, uh, because they were trying to skimp on maintenance. They were trying to get by the the tread depths or. Are, are not legal, but they're running this driver that's brand new down the road in an illegal truck. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're so glad that you got your CDL and then you get behind the wheel at the first job that was offered to you. You're praying that they're looking over your shoulder. But really, once you get on the road, it's on you. It is your responsibility. Yeah, yep, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, All right, well, we have... Yeah, um, if you want to say anything else, Chad, before we go, we have reached the end of the show, but go ahead if you have anything else. Uh, thanks, you guys, for having me, and I enjoyed it, and I, I hope we were able to help people out. All right, awesome. Hopefully we can have you on again. Um, I know people would love to ask you questions, so maybe we can do this again. We sure can. I'd, I'd right, be happy awesome. to do it, and, and we can we can get the information out there and let them know we're going to be on and uh, invite some phone calls and and uh, have some fun with that. Yeah, I'm sure we can. Uh, I, I want to apologize about the confusion for tonight's episode. You know, all of us are uh, truck drivers out here, and we were all, you know, trying to do our job and do this podcast. So uh, I was at a customer, which is why I got lost there for a little bit. Because uh, I was trying to finish up my day, but you know, real life, uh, real live radio. Uh, so that's the way it goes. But um, we'll be doing this again next week. And remember to look out for the Facebook page for the announcement of the contest and what we're going to do. Uh, that is Trucking 101 on Audio Road. Go we'll check it out. If you haven't already liked it, go like it. I'm going to be putting up some videos and some pictures. So go check it out. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you.